please enjoy this replay of last year's July 4th episode of the Cummins Real Estate Group Show. Time to talk to Michelle Cummins here on the Cummins Real Estate Group show. How you doing, Michelle? It's all talk, 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 and talk. I'm doing good. <laughs> How many coffees have you had this morning? I've actually had like three, four. I'm going on my fourth one right now. Yeah, you see, you seem a little more energetic today. Not that you're not energetic most days, but you seem a little more today. You should see me. I'm bouncing up and down on my chair right now. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't make too much noise for everyone. Well, so far, so good. We're good to go right now. You must be so excited because you're going headed off to wine country. Yeah, once once we're done here, I'm not counting down the minutes or anything. Don't 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 think that I'm counting <laughs> the minutes. You're going to be like, Michelle, this is 11, 11. <laughs> Once I'm done here today, it's into the escape and we're going to head off to uh, to a Soyuz in wine country. Dr. Bonnie, she, you know why she's so healthy? Because she she owns that winery. No wonder. Mm-hmm. A glass of wine a day keeps the doctors at bay. They say that a glass of red wine every day is actually very good for your uh, your, your cardiovascular system. But who can stop at one? <laughs> That's the problem. I'll just have an apple in one hand and a glass of red wine in another, please. There you go. Exactly. And everything will be good. The body will be all sound. So this show is all about assemblies. This is good because this is something that's had my attention a bit because people are selling their homes in my neighborhood. And uh, I know that uh, there's uh, two houses down has a new house being built. And there's uh, like four or five of us in the middle now. What if we all got together? So you're going to answer a bunch of questions for me today, I think. Oh, yes. It's so exciting. I love land assemblies. I usually always have two going on that I'm putting together because I know so many developers, but I, I, I love the landowners like i i get excited finding the good locations and then going knocking on door on the doors of the neighbors uh you know sending out flyers if i don't catch them and really working on assembling the properties to put on the market for the developers uh you know to to shop around to the developers so that's really exciting and when you do it uh pre-mls like exclusive like a pocket listing you get the developer's attention and it's like okay this is serious this is a good you know pretty much everything's been done for them all the uh, the layout of, of the potential, you know, uh, it's all there because that's what I do. Um, and I, you know, sit with the developers and, and show them, you know, what it is. And, and it's really exciting. So I, I love working on land assemblies. So, okay, so what are land assemblies? How does it benefit you? And how to sell your property that way? So let's go to it or get to it, right? Right. Okay. So what is a land assembly? So land assembly is a process of forming a single site from a number of properties, typically for economic uh, development purposes, right? Uh, Working with property owners and other stakeholders to combine properties it can create larger parcels of land that's more favorable for development projects. So that's why you would want to do it. Where you may only be able to fit two, uh, let's say, lots or two, uh, let's say it's a townhouse, a multifamily, high density, whatever it is. What if you could only fit like three on your property, but if you were combined with your neighboring property, all of a sudden they could fit two or three more on your property, which raises your property's value. So, you know, that's how does it benefit you. Uh, They sell for more per square foot the land, then obviously what the current use of the property is being used for, which means more money in your pocket and more profit. Who doesn't like that? No, I mean, that sounds good to me. (laughs) 
So a lot of people like uh, will have realtors knocking on their doors, like like me, <laughs> uh, and they may say uh, or she say, uh, you know, representing. The, they may be representing the developer. A lot of realtors do that. They actually are hired by the developer, and the developers go, find me, I need a townhouse project in, in East Abbotsford or whatever it is, right? And so they're actually commissioned to go find the property for the developer. So there's that way of doing it. Or or there's, like, most how I do it is I'm actually going and I'm wanting to seek out to put them together. So you got two. So it's helpful to ask the question uh, to the realtor, are they working on behalf of the developer? Like what's the situation there, right? And um, there's lots more questions to ask the realtor, but uh, it could be the developer knocking on your door as well, that they're interested in purchasing your property as part of a land assembly. So the next question is what should you do? Well, find out as much as you can from the realtor or the developer about the assembly, including who is behind it. So if it's the realtor, you want to know who the developer is. What if it's Polygon or, you know, there's a lot of major developers and then there's, you know, the one-off developers or, you know, there's different levels, right, of everything. So find out who the developer is. Uh, Is it the city hall or school board or other government authority? You know, it it could be a multiple. It doesn't have to be just a developer. There's other people who might want to develop your land. Uh, How much land is being assembled? That's a very good question. What is going to be built on the property? So, for instance, is it going to be townhouses, low-rise, high-rise? What is permitted by the current community plan? We talked last week about the official community plan, which is not your current zoning, but the future zoning of the property. Uh, So what is that for your neighborhood? Who else? This is important. Who else in your neighborhood has signed a sales agreement already for the assembly? Do they have any contracts in place with this realtor or the developer? The time frame for the development, you want to know the time frame, and whether the realtor wants to represent you, obviously I I mentioned that, or the buyer, the developer, make sure you get that information. Um, You know, you can't dual represent both parties. So you always want your own representative. Uh, That's very important. And so ask the realtor to leave copies of all documentation with you for your review. If they don't have it, ask them to um, either drop it off another another time or email it. Uh, But you want all of that, including marketing materials, the listing agreement, proposed contract, uh, proposed uh, development, and anything and everything they have on it already. And then call me (laughs) so I can protect you and make sure you're getting a fair price for your property, right? Um, So the... These are complex documents. I mean, if they come over and they already have all the documents and they want to meet with you and they they want you to sign on the dotted line, definitely do not do that. You need a representative uh, that has fiduciary duties to you taking care of you. So very complex. Take the time to read and understand them in order to properly, um, you know, understand the situation. You don't want to inadvertently sign for instance, like, Let's say, let's say it's a realtor and, uh, you know, a t- let's, or a developer, these two-year agreement. Or, you know, there's all these fine um, lines or fine things in the contract that uh, the developer is working on their benef- for their benefit, right? So, um, you know, they're going to they're, they're gonna sometimes make it sound all great for you. Yes, it's great in many ways. But there might, may be things in there that are not good for you, like a two-year listing agreement right? That's, that's too long. I uh, usually can't cancel them, right? It, once you sign it, you, you can't. It's a legal document. 
Uh, what if they come in and try and put an open-ended subject removal date in a contract? That's another one, meaning that it would have tied up your property indefinitely. Like, that's horrible. Developers are always out for their best interests, as I said, and that is understandable. So you need someone like me representing your interests and protect you. Don't assume that you can void a contract because you didn't read it before signing. You will have an uphill battle in court on that front. So don't don't be deceived. Don't rely on the buyer's realtor or other third party to explain it to you in place of your actually reading it and having it explained to you by someone who has fiduciary duties to you and are looking after your best interest and has obligations to you, such as uh, myself or another realtor. So I want to go on, um, but I'm going to wait to the next segment to talk about the developer's goal and to continue on the land assembly chat that we're having. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And look at you being you know, mindful of time because we're so bad at that. Well, I'm thinking of wine country for you there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing my best not to be counting down to that, and you keep reminding me of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you enjoy a glass of wine now and then, too, so I know you understand. Yeah, it's God's <laughs> juice. <laughs> exactly. All right, so if people want more information from you on it, maybe they have questions about land assemblies. What can they do? michellecummins.ca. All right, we're back with more right after this. show with our star michelle cummins and myself curtis pope now quick question as we get back into land assemblies here uh, now when you go into a land assembly and you've got your neighbors that are now in this are you kind of all equal partners in the transaction how does that work equal partners as in you each uh want to benefit and you each are in this to make it work right hopefully together uh but not equal financially as far as what value is put on each property so that's a good question curtis yeah. Okay, because I was wondering about that. I'm like, do you just do you, do you guys split the whole thing, you know, equally, or does it come down to the value of each house now it's appraised? A few things. Uh, appraisals usually don't step in at this uh, moment for land assembling because it's really an, uh, a unique way of appraising, which they don't really concentrate on. But the, the, there's a few things. One thing is, is it ready for development right away? Will they be demolishing the property right away and moving forward with their development? Now, in that case, they would rather have a smaller uh, house, a shack or nothing on the property because it's less demolition costs. If there's a the big Taj Mahal or a bit, you know, an older home, uh, that may have some hazardous materials inside, and now it's going to cost them more to demolish it. So all those costs go into their uh, end result and their profit margins and, and what they look at. So they do look at those things. Um, the largest thing is how many units can fit on each lot and which lot is more uh, is, is the, of the utmost importance for the development um, or the land assembly to come together. So if, let's say, there's a corner property, and that corner property, if that corner property didn't move forward along with the other let's say, four properties to the north, south, east, or west of it, uh, then then that one is the most 
uh, important, and so they they're, they're valued higher, right? So that would be the most important one to get. And so the other uh, other neighbors should be like, okay, we want to, you know, we want to be nice to you, neighbor, because uh, it's really based on your you wanting and moving forward with selling. And we know your property is worth more than ours because it's the most important, or maybe it's the largest. It's also per square foot. So there's a lot of variables and and adjustments that you got to make for value. A lot of neighbors just want all the same price, and they're like, well, we're in this together. We should all get the same amount. We, you know, if it's a total of five million, we should just split it all evenly. But well, that's not realistic. So, right. uh, yes, you have to you have to look at that, and and it does take um, having a couple get-togethers with with the realtor and, and explaining it and, and going through the whole process, what it looks like and why the values are different uh, and and everything. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. It does. So let's move on to what uh, what you had now for the second half of this uh, this this segment here with uh, what you had about uh, land assemblies. So the developer's goal is to tie up your property for as long as possible without paying you anything unless the proposed development goes ahead. So be aware, the carrot which is dangled in front of you is the potential to get a lot of more money for your home than its normal market value. So sometimes you may feel rushed to make a decision or excited, so you just want to say yes to it. But but be be aware, uh, the developer accomplishes this uh, sleight of hand by the use of subject conditions, which are terms which make the contract binding on him only when they are removed. So the typical subject conditions are, one, a certain number of uh, neighborhood owners signing on. So uh, like throw out the one I had in Coquitlam. I think I had 10 uh, neighbors uh, all together. And, you know, a lot of them based on only if at least five other neighbors sign on, will I move forward? So that's a typical condition with land assemblies because they have to go to each owner one at a time, right? Uh, The other one uh, or another subject condition is satisfactory phase one environmental site assessment. So um, there's a few phases here with environmental site assessments and it's very important and needed uh, for a developer to have that. Uh, Another subject is satisfactory feasibility study and that one just everything could be rolled into that one right there because the feasibility study, it's feasible to them, that developer, for what they want to use it for. So it's very open-ended, and it would be pertinent to ask questions such as all those questions. What are you going to use this property for? What are your goals? What's your timeline? Because you can go to the city. You can know if it's feasible before you tie yourself into something with subjects for three months, right? Like three months is, is, is kind of an average normal for subjects for developers, but they will try to get more. And sometimes they, it could be less than that, depending on how far um, the development is so far in the process. So other due diligence uh, searches and investigations for the developer, such as title review, soil sampling, site assessments, you know, all these things that, that they need to do in order to make sure it's feasible for them. Uh, often it can take a half a year or more to complete everything. So in the meantime, your property is effectively tied up. Three months is, is quick, but six months, you know, uh, I've done many three months, but there's a lot six months. It can't be sold as someone else in the whole time. So you are pretty much tied to sell to that developer. 
developer. So I'm going to talk about how that could uh, be profitable to you in case they walk away, uh, because you never know if, if development's going to stop uh, or be uh, the, the city's going to change their mind or, you know, cost changes in the meantime and all, all those good things. Um, on occasion, the developer will want an option registered on your property as well. So that's something else we could talk about at a later date. Um, or somebody can call me uh, if you have questions about that. But that is very typical when you'll see uh, that they'll want that option in the contract. The seller's goal, let's talk about that. Uh, obviously, it's to have your property under contract for as short a time as possible. So here you're struggling against the developer wanting long, you wanting shorter, and to get some non-refundable compensation from the developer if the property is going to be tied up for more than three or four months, let's say. Um, options cost money, and there is no reason to grant one to a developer and not get paid something if the sale never materializes. And trust me, they are willing to pay it. Uh, and it shows they're, they're promising. It shows that they're serious. They're not just going to waste your time and tie up your property while they're going and working on five other potential properties and leaving yours. You know, uh, time is of the essence. And what that means is they have to prove that they are doing their due diligence as quickly as they possibly can in a timely fashion and manner. And uh, so they, they should be willing to put up some money in the beginning. So I mean, I've clients who had their property tied up for, for months and months and months, but they got a good chunk of money direct to them uh, upon acceptance of the offer, and they got to spend that right away. And so they didn't mind waiting months and months uh, to find out if they wanted to buy it or not, because they got something over and above the purchase price put in their pocket for that time uh, to hold it up. So there's all sorts of things you can do. So other considerations are payment of the deposit on subject removal date. So now months have gone by, maybe half a year. Uh, the deposit should be minimally 5 to 10%, and that, I'm, I'm saying that's very minimum, of the ultimate purchase price. And it should be non-refundable and preferably released to the seller forthwith, like right away upon subject removal. If not, it's held in the real estate broker's or developer's lawyer's trust account. It's much better to be <laughs> given to you. Um, stipulate that it be held in an interest-bearing account, though, if it isn't given to you. Uh, and that interest accrues to you if the completion date is more than three or four months down the road. The deposit is to be held in trust at a clause requiring the developer's brokerage or lawyer to release the deposit to you or your lawyer right away if the developer fails to close on the completion date. You don't want you know, the developer to walk away and then all of a sudden you need their signature to release that deposit that trust to you because what if you never get that signed it, it could take forever right so make sure it's in the contract uh, properly uh, I once had uh, a development site uh, five acres and it wasn't going to be closed for a year out so I made sure my client got a hundred thousand dollars up front uh, you know to, to have to wait 12 months for it to complete so there's all sorts of things you can do you got to have somebody um, there to help you negotiate all that so what about a rent back so often the develop He'll, he'll not want to or can't develop it for at least a year or more after the completion date. So in that case, you know, if your house is livable during the period and seller, I mean, you'll negotiate, you could negotiate some free rent maybe for a year or more, um, but, but they will want to rent it. And, and also what 
products, your, you know, light fixtures and appliances and countertops and flooring, you know, there might be some sentimental items in your home that if they're just going to demolish it, you'll want in the contract that you can take, you have the option of, of removing and taking it with you when you leave. There's that possibility too, unless you're going to leave before they're ready to develop and they still want to rent it out and uh, have some money coming in to cover their interest on whatever um, development mortgage they may have. So capital gains and other tax implications. So you definitely want to talk, uh, make sure your accountant, you ask your accountant and have them review things and advise you on that before signing the dotted line, okay, before accepting an offer, because you, you just don't know if you're going to have some capital gains on, on an acreage. Maybe you have an acreage and, uh, you know, there's a, GST is very complicated, and uh, so you definitely want to talk to your accountant before committing to a sale. So what is out there for you to acquire? So there there's a lot of things out there. I mean, a lot of people say, Okay, I'm going to sell, but I'm going to. I, I still love this area, or my kids are still going to school in this area. I need to buy in this area. So, what's out there for me to buy if I sell? So, it's important to know and not just be excited about the dollar signs uh, because, you know, you just want to be aware of your future and what you can move into. So, that's a good thing to do before you sign on the dotted line as well. And as I said before about, you know, not making a, don't make a rush decision. Don't, don't just jump in because it's very exciting and, and it's good. Be excited. Um, but, uh, you know, take some time to review everything and make sure everything's good. Developers and, 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 and realtors are always, you know, pushing for a signature now usually, right? Uh, so, but take your time and assess the situation. Uh, consult with your lawyer, your accountant, obviously your realtor. In most instances, it's the land assembler that is coming to you rather than like when I knock on your door saying, I want to put together assembly. It's usually the other way around though. So just be prepared and get advice. Uh, so land assemblies, are definitely here to stay. We've got like forty to 50,000 people moving in the Lower Mainland yearly, uh, and every politician and his dog is in favor of increasing density. So it's wise to at least be aware of the basics if, you're, if you find somebody knocking on your door or you're thinking about doing it yourself. And I want to end our show with a quick quote. It's from Willie Nelson. If you wait for tomorrow to follow your dreams, by the time that you get there, they are gone. So How true wait. is that? Yeah. And before I forget, because we forgot something here today, being that you were born in the U.S., happy 4th of July. Oh, thank you. Fireworks <laughs> are going off in my head. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a different 4th of July, just like it was a bit of a different Canada Day. That's right. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. If people want more information about land assemblies, about uh, open houses, things like that, what can they do? MichelleCummins.ca. And join us again next week when we will talk more real estate in order to unlock your real estate potential on a show where real estate is maximized. Thanks for listening.